Chris Bowen announced yesterday, come 1 January 2025, new vehicle efficiency standards will be introduced. So car companies are going to be required to supply more fuel-efficient vehicles to consumers by the target set on the average emissions per kilometre for the new cars being sold. Now, Chris Bowen was spruiking this yesterday, saying it's a win-win for consumers. There'll be more choice, but there'll be more vehicles to buy, with modelling predicting that by 2028, you could save up to $1,000 per vehicle on fuel. He reckons it's a win for cost of living and a win for consumers. Don't know about that just yet. Steve Moyer from the Motor Trades Association joins me now. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Ollie. This is pretty ambitious to try and introduce this new vehicle efficiency standard next year. Yeah, absolutely. I would have thought 2030, Ollie. Uh, I mean, we, we as an industry have been calling for a fuel efficiency standard just to get the manufacturers incentive to bring more zero and low emission cars to Australia. The big issue that Australia have got is we are 1% of the international market. So, you know, the big manufacturers, bearing in mind we don't have an Australian manufacturer anymore, the big manufacturers have zero incentive to bring cars, which is why we only have about 50 electric cars available in Australia, compared to well over 250 in Europe. So it is a way of getting them to do that but you need to ease it in. You can't come in with a sledgehammer. Because that's what it is. This seems like a sledgehammer approach. With some estimates, these bigger diesel four-wheel drives will be adding another eighteen dollars to $20,000 on the price. I mean, that's going to send people round the twist, Stephen. Well, if you're Ford, um, you've got a big problem because the two top-selling cars in the Ford Ranger and the Ford Everest accounted for 78000 units of their sales out of a total sale of 87,000. I mean, that's 12,000 different. That's crazy down. Um, And so Ford will really have to rethink. They do one of two things. They turn around and go, okay, well, we're going to have to put a premium on the cars to to cover the cost of the fines, or we just withdraw altogether from the the Australian market. And you know what? When you've got 1%, it's it's not a real big ask if you're a big multinational that uh, you'd make that call. I'm not saying that will yep. happen, but it's a possibility. Right, so that's an unintended consequence here. A big brand like Ford, which is selling 90% of its motor vehicles to be some of those gasoline guzzlers, those diesel four-wheel drives, they might turn around and say the Australian market's too hard to deal with because I'm going to guess here, Steve, they're in development with hybrid models and electric vehicle models, but they're probably not ready to go or flick the switch in time for 2025. It's only a year away. It's, it's, it's less than a year away they're talking, and, and you're dead right. They won't be able to flick the switch. I mean, Toyota are in a classic position where they control well over 20% of the Australian car market. They're top sellers, Hilux, Land Cruiser, you know, well over 60,000 units, just, um, sorry, 215,000 units in that whole thing. What are they going to do? Because they don't have an EV currently in the market. They have some of the market leaders in plug-in hybrid and hybrid, mm but they don't have EV. So what happens to Australia's favourite car? You've got to start to question where it goes with pricing. So, you know, one of the problems we've got is that government uh, federally doesn't tend to consult with the people who, you know, our members sell them, they repair them, and then eventually they'll they'll, um, break them down. No consultation whatsoever with us as to, well, how do you see, see this working? 
We gave the uh, the federal government a report um, as late as uh, early last year on exactly this, um, you know, how it's been managed in Europe, where the pitfalls, where's, what's worked, what hasn't worked. No, no conversations at all. And Europe is a very different market to Australia, let alone even Western Australia, Steve, with our love for utes and for four-wheel drives and hitting the open road and towing a caravan or towing a boat and having a holiday. There doesn't seem to be on the market at this stage anything that's able to replace a decent four-wheel drive in the electric category or a ute. No, and, and that's the big problem. The Australian market is quite unique, and I know a lot of people get angry at saying Australia is different, but in this instance, it is very different. We do love our SUVs and our big four-wheel drives. There is nothing. There are a couple of, um, you know, Ford have got a, a Lightning coming through, but price prohibitive. Uh, when we look at it, well over two $200,000. People can't afford that. No. Um, and there is nothing in that mid, mid-range area, you know, the fifty to 70000 mark, that would satisfy it. Um, and, and this is, again, where the government's failing to understand the market. You can't shift a market within 12 months to get people across into zero and low emission vehicles. Did it also send ripples through the market today? If you're in the market looking to buy yourself a new ute or a new four-wheel drive and there's a diesel model, Steve, you'd have to think twice. Yeah, well, you know, when, when we look at the, um, the big sellers, they are predominantly in that diesel area. People like the diesels, they're used to them, they give them good economy. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's the next step? Is government going to turn around like some European governments have done and start taxing diesels out of existence? I mean, that's, mm. that's not a solution that we would, uh, we'd like to see. And I think most Australian motorists want to have a choice. Yeah. What we're seeing in America is really interesting. You know, the American uh, government, this, the Biden government, put in some pretty heavy measures to drive people into electrics. The dealers in America have just written to the president and say, you need to back off because <laughs> we've got lots full of electric vehicles that people aren't buying. Why aren't they buying them? Lack of infrastructure. They are too expensive when compared to comparative models. And, and you know, they want to have a choice. And the big one is don't take away my choice to what sort of car yeah. I run. Do you reckon the dealers will start doing something similar here in Australia? Well, we certainly will on behalf of our dealer members. Um, you know, we're really keen to see motorists get into the best possible technology, whether that's petrol, whether that's electric. But don't force people. Let's let's do it. And I will say there is a bit of hypocrisy here because they're, they're targeting cars as, a, as the big uh, big polluter we don't do anything about the coal industry. No. Um, you know, at, at least our state government, you know, <laughs> that, the McGowan government actually stopped coal. That was gutsy. They're not doing that federally, nor, nor the, the previous Liberal government or the Labor government. They just leave that alone. But let's go after cars because cars are an easy hit. And in, in the same breath of a cost of living crisis, if you're going to turn around to somebody and slug them an extra $20,000 on, on a new diesel four-wheel drive, Steve, it's going to be unaffordable. So it actually doesn't make too much sense at all. It doesn't, Ollie, and that's the part that's really got me a bit angry about this announcement is that they are linking this to easing the cost of living. Well, that's just rubbish. You know, uh, making a statement like the average motorist will save $1,000 a year on petrol Petrol's not going to go down. You'll only save a thousand if you've got the money to be able to go and buy one of the newer technology cars. The majority of people haven't got that money and will rely on on the traditional cars to get them around, like diesels. It sounds like the government needs to do a little bit more consultation and think about that timeline of twenty twenty five. It is too soon. 
It is, mate. We'd, do, we'd be saying, listen, look at 2030. Let's ease this one in. Uh, that fits in with all the other targets and, and we will get there. But I still think 2035, 20% of uh, the fleet being electric is, is a good objective. It's probably achievable given the right policy framework. But you've got to give people some certainty with the cars they've got. Steve Moyer, thanks for your time. Cheers.